welcome this is to the news. <laughs> this is the news. Welcome to episode five of Eat This, Drink That with <clears throat> Ali Khan, TV host and food commentator, chef. We said chef last time. He's yeah, not a chef per se. And um, Steve Greer, wine and beverage expert specialist. Again, episode five. So let's get it started with Ali. What's your topic for today? All right. So this is a little interesting and different. I'm actually, you know, it's so funny. We had we came up with these lists of topics, interesting and stuff. But now it's like as we kind of move through life, there's things that are happening in the moment. So I just yeah. decided I'm going to go with literally what's happening right now. And it might throw you throw a curveball at you. So I'll start with this. If you can't tell, I'm wearing this shirt. This is the shirt I wear when I'm feeling my leanest, okay? I'm talking about health, body issue, and also at the same time, like, loving what I love, which is food, and having to find the balance. Ryan, you've known me for a long time, and you know that I have had really kind of like, you know, definitely a journey. I mean, I don't want to say struggle, but it's like, you know, I've been on a path of like how to find essentially balance right with mm-hmm. being something's like absolutely reckless abandonment enjoying food and things like that but also at the same time be conscious of you know enough is enough and you know wanting to feel good and look good or whatever so i'm wearing this shirt feels good uh i got this shirt in 2009 which is probably one of the leanest i've been in my adult life for sure mm-hmm. um and also i'm bringing all this up literally on the heels of um you know i see the doctor you know annual checkups whatever and get my cholesterol checked and i'm also heart <laughs> diseases in my family uh so it's something that i <clears throat> deal with um i take yeah. a statin every day um and i got my cholesterol checked and you know overall like i've been doing pretty good but I'm at this place where it's like, when will I get to an ideal in my life? And and I've literally kind of, I looked at my numbers and I was like, I'm just kind of tiptoeing around. Like, I'm at, not in the danger zone, but I'm still being guided to lose more weight. Like, I'm in the pre-diabetic, which sounds worse than it is. It's just, I think, when your body has more fat and there's more sugar and insulin that stuff reads out so as we talk about all this stuff we're talking about and being in the business that i'm in which is like food media and food porn gets so brought up i guess part of it is like how do we really live with these passions you know what i mean and how do we find like the balance and i would even say too is folks who really are connoisseurs of this stuff we can also, I can like easily point at a food and go, that's just gross or that's over the top right. or that's even just one dimensional. And I'll throw it to you, Steve, because I'm going to be done talking for a good stretch. But I think the same can be said about this whole super hoppy beer movement. And what's crazy is, you know, you, you start to look at those beers, things like 350 calories, dude, <laughs> like those beers are delicious, but like alcohol, the more booze it's in it, the more calories there are. And they're super rich and heavy. And it's kind of like, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, you start a movement with a food or a drink, right? 
And then you have to always say, like, well, what are we really doing here? So that's what I'm I wanted to throw out there today is like Mm. the other side of everything, the ramifications and the balance, because we can sit there and talk about how much fun and uh, tasty and and indulgent and wonderful something is. But there's a reckoning to all this stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's worth talking about. No, I think this is a great topic. It's funny. I just went to the doctor. Got my cholesterol checked because I'm on a statin, which I fought. So, let's just get that out of the way. Yeah. Steve and Ali are both on statins. <laughs> <laughs> I fought going on one for a decade. He's like, you need to go on one. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. So I'm finally on one. <clears throat> I thought I was doing really good. We've talked about it on the show before. I've cut steak down to once a month. I do maybe a couple burgers a month. I try, you know, I stand and feel really guilty in front of the fish case because I don't know what fish to buy without, you know, destroying the ocean. Um, I exercise a lot. I do bike a lot. I'm at, you know, 80 to 100 miles a week. So I do, I still have too much weight. But in my business and your business, all I do is eat and drink. (laughs) <laughs> so, that's what I, you have to achieve um you have to be very strong and you have to achieve balance um probably with age you have to balance that out even more yeah. but long story short i'm feeling really cocky um and i get an email from my doctor saying man your cholesterol is still too high why are you even bothering with a statin um <laughs> we need to double your dose And I was like, what are you talking about? Um, So, you know, you still have to, there's a health ramification to eating the way we do and drinking the way we do. Not just the beers, but the cocktails, the wines, um, spirits. I think we've talked on this show before of going out on um, wine trips and you're gone for 8 to 12 days usually. Um, (laughs) you have to that is the epitome of learning balance you Mm. if you're a new wine person because every new wine person does this some 30 year old (laughs) is on the trip and by day two they are done they are toast (laughs) they have not spit one time they have drank every single glass they've been given you have to realize that you cannot do that. Your body just cannot. Yeah. Or you'll gain that. you'll gain ten but, or fifteen pounds too over that course. Of, you know. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. But that's I always tell new reps that in your first year you're going to gain ten to fifteen pounds. Wow. Period. Um, <laughs> but you learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You learn some things. You learn. You don't have to drink every glass that's put in front of you. Um, especially at big dinners, wine dinners, or um, just, you know, marketing dinners. You're at three, four, five courses. You don't have to finish every course. You can just have so a bite or two. That is so hard Set it aside. That it is, is hard very hard. I mean, very hard. not to mention, I yeah. mean, depending on how you were raised or how you grew up, I mean, what about the psychology of finishing every crumb on your plate? That might have been bred into you or pounded into you finish everything and so you're an adult and so you know you don't have to finish it all but it's like it's hard to 
I find. I, I find it can be very psychologically. Yeah, no, you feel like you're wasting it. Like, oh, I know someone else would love this. Like, it's right in front of me. Yeah. I should keep eating. Yeah, yeah really hard. It's very hard because it, it, the guilt that I experience when I go fish shopping is just solely because you're concerned about the environment <laughs> and it's been pounded into. I cannot leave food on the table. Really I mean, hard. I was raised that way. Yeah. That's how I feel. Um, the guilt associated with that is a lot. But you also have to think about your health first. And I didn't do that when I was younger, but now yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, but there's ways around it, especially in drinking. One, you know, I've cut. You know, I, I'll drink on the weekend, maybe once during the week, but that's it. Right. Um, and then, you know, this, this show, Eat This, Drink That, really, I think, is grounded in the idea of eating better and drinking better. Yeah. So you can, like... The steak thing that I'm doing where I only eat once a month, it's funny. I just received an email and I'm going through, I don't know, I'm mentioning guilt a lot today, but shopping guilt because there is some Wagyu, Japanese Wagyu steak that I really want. <laughs> it's $170 wow. a steak. Um, there's some American Wagyu that is buy three, get one the fourth one free. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just just for the record, three minutes ago, he just told us his doctor wants to double <laughs> Hey, it's only once a month. It's once a month. Sure. You still have to enjoy your life and not worry about things. But, you know, like you said, balance. But there's yeah. ways, especially the drinking side, you can buy nicer bottles of wine. Mm. And use a vacuum vin or a corvin and just have a glass a night instead okay. of that, a whole bottle. That is that is totally huge because yep. okay, there's one thing to be like, you know, wasting food or whatever. Waste is waste for sure. I think all three of us are like, oh, you know, like I mean, I'm freaking my, my parents grew up wow. in the village of Bangladesh. Like it was it was just it was almost like comical how they'd be like, eat every grain of rice. Someone's starving right. on the other side for that. And you're like, really? You know, like whatever. But you bring up something fascinating about wine because what really gets me is wine has the time, the time it takes when that sip is perfect, whether yeah. it's to breathe in a decanter, in the glass or whatever. But then, this like sand, like sand through the hourglass. I can't believe I just said that. Like sand through the hourglass, then it will go bust and go flat. And part of me, and I'm literally, I'm like, well, I don't want to ruin it, especially when it was good. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, does that stuff work? And what exactly are they? Because that's so, what I prefer to do. I mean, I have a Corvin. I use a Corvin on occasion. On the, on the I'll use itself, the Corvin actually. Like a decanter. Yeah. So Corvin has a little uh, needle that goes through the cork, uses a gas. I can't remember what the gas is. It's probably argon. It's a neutral gas. It pushes the wine back up through the spout mm. into your glass. Um, I use the Corvin more for seeing where a older wine in my wine fridge, where it is at in its life. I'll pour some, see if it's ready to drink, and I'll just leave it sit there for the next two hours and take little sips and just check it out. That way I know when a wine is ready to go. But what I, I do for know this- I that existed. Yeah. I've been Googling like a ding dong, so I can get a device that will tell me that? Well, 
you still have to tell yourself that. But the Coravin, and Ryan, you can pull it up yeah. when you uh, do a little search, because I'll have you search for something else that what I use is a vacuum but a Coravin is just a contraption uh, with a needle goes into the cork and you extract wine without putting oxygen into that bottle um, and ruining the rest of it. So you can extract just a little bit, see where it's at. And I don't just drink the whole thing. I literally let it sit there for two hours, have a sip here and there, see, see where it is in its life. Okay. Um, they're not cheap. The little argon gases are, I think, $20. Um, oh, wow. So that's the system. Whoa. This is some crazy. It's a great system. So crazy. if you're thinking about elevating your drinking, if you normally drink 15 to 20 or 20 to right. $25 bottles, mm -hmm. go up to that 40 to 50. Right. Have a Corvin or the next system that I'll show you. You can have a glass a night. Um, when that bottle is ready to drink, and that's it. So you've already then, cut then you can just yeah, and and it'll and it'll be good. It won't go. Yeah. Bad. It doesn't go bad. Both of these systems allow you to leave, like with a Corvin, you can leave that bottle for two months. I I don't that really go past two months. Blown. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is freaking hilarious. This is crazy. Up until now, it's been like drink this weird thing. I swear <laughs> it's good. And now you are like, it's like you were coming, it's like Terminator, but instead of a, an apocalyptic future, you're just coming from a good future where you're like, this is how to do it. This, this is it. This, this, the, this, this show is maybe peak. We can retire right now. I see the nitrous, uh, I see the nitrous like, cartridges the, and I feel the potential for abuse here somewhere. No? Here we go again. Here we go again. <laughs> it's argon. It's argon. Oh my God. I'd yeah. love just like, you know, if, if the three of us were roommates and I'd be like, Ryan, why is my yeah. Corbin not working? And then I'd be like, <laughs> in his hand. And then meanwhile, it's like, where's Steve? And he's literally sitting there like sobbing, looking, looking at, at fish, fish at, at Ralph's. And I'll be like, the nitrous wasn't hitting, man. And Steve says, yeah, yeah that, that wasn't nitrous. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So pull up the next system. Pull up the next system. It's called VAC, V-A-C-U-V-I-N. So this system is what I use for everyday drinking, um, which I don't do every day. I just call it everyday drinking because you're not, you know, you're sticking in your, your, your budget range, whatever that normal range is. Um, I decant everything I drink. So... I'm going to have, I don't know. We need a whole thing. All right, when this airs, I will put it out of, on the blog. Greer's tips. First of all, you decant everything you drink. Everything. I just think it's better for the mm -hmm. wine. Um, wine doesn't just pop out of the bottle in a, uh, you know, think of it as the hey, wine Steve, has been Is this like a little $10 little thing um, you put on the top of the bottle? Okay. Yes. This is one of the most inexpensive things okay, you can I, do. I, this is a little, I'll, I'll try this link. It's not the best um, link, but it's the fastest. So we'll, we'll. Yeah. So I will open the bottle, whatever it is. Last night I opened up a uh, Santa Rita Hills Pinot, um, had a glass. That was it. I decanted it. And then while I'm drinking that glass, well, uh, uh, no, okay, that's not you. it. You know what? I'll pull it up. 
So while I'm drinking that glass, um, I almost shared that the cooler. I mean, I, there was a, there was a whole range of, of decisions I just had to make. <laughs> oh yeah, that's awesome. So I'll leave it sitting in the uh, decanter. I'll finish my glass, and then I pour it back into the uh, bottle, and I use this. So it is called a vacuum wine saver. Let me share my screen. And uh, here we go. You know, um, I thought all this after after I use this. Yeah. So, do you guys see that? Look, look the prices in pounds. That's just I how know. good it is. I know it's, it's I not realize, available in U.S. currency information. I didn't realize uh, Vacuvim was a British company, or maybe it's French. But anyway, you put that stopper in the bottle. You extract out the oxygen. It wow. creates a vacuum in the uh -huh. bottle, and then you literally can drink off of that oh. for a week. So is yeah. that different? So, but the other ones are more advanced. The first one, yeah, that Coravin is more advanced, and I really just use that for. No, so, those were if I like want to see, those were starting like a hundred dollars. The, the first one was like a hundred bucks. This one looked like it was about what twenty five thirty. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So the Coravin is is like two hundred dollars. So this is a Burgundy. This is a 2013 Jevere Chambertin Premier Crew from Domaine Dujac. I don't. Well, I am 99% sure this wine isn't ready. Uh, but in a couple of years, I will. You know, when it's 10 years from vintage, I'll use the Coravin. I'll take out a little smidge. I'll leave it sit there. I'll see how it develops, see if it's in a position where I would like to drink that. And then if it is, I'll end up having it with friends and we'll decan it. I believe, from, and this is basically from my experience, you can't really over decant anything because normally you have, and if it's a party of four, you pour it out a glass for everybody. Almost every time someone will say at the end of that bottle, oh my God, right at the end, your last sip, this is drinking so well right now. So you've already, you've missed that window. <clears throat> so, I mean, you would have to leave it in a decanter, especially a younger wine, overnight. That would kill the wine. But if you decant it for two hours, you're having a dinner party at seven or eight, you throw it in the decanter at five or six, you're going to be fine. It will be like, in a really good Don't place. you think it tastes better because you're drunk? Obviously, that it's like, that's why it's drinking better because you're a little drunk now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's got yeah. to be something there. You know, something that's always got me, and you just found a solution, which is you. there's a device out there where you can actually taste the wine without ruining it. But it's mm -hmm. always like, you know, you get this wine, Starts off with at least like, let's be honest, like you're going to hang on to a bottle for a couple of years. It's going to be at least like 50-ish bucks. You know yeah. what I mean? Or or there's or some I'm, literature out there that says, don't drink it now, stupid. Yeah. You're supposed to wait. Don't drink it now, right? Um, but what always got me is like, you know, you read these things and it goes, this will really open up in 25 years. And I'm like, and in 25 years, how will I have known that it wasn't 20? Or 60. Right. Now, obviously, you've just thrown that out there. But there is something about, like, look, it, it's wine, right? You know, like, it's going to taste like 
something. And I think there is a certain truth to, again, I would almost put this out there, like there are certain flavors wine produces that are automatically pleasing that don't really change. Do you know what I mean? Like right. an oaky, buttery Chardonnay is like, is pretty right. much that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but certainly, I would say European reds. You know what I mean? The stuff that's like, right. astringent's a fine word for me. You're like, eh, I guess this is good. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm 14 and drinking a bush beer that I got at Walgreens for the first time. Like, I'm having the time of my life. You know what I mean? But then, over time, and certainly with that bite of cheese, wow, it, it has shifting and changing. And I say all this because... I think like you just have to ha you have to kind of get over a hump of like, okay, we're doing this. You know what I mean? And yeah. sometimes that hump is not as severe as others. You know, like Thunderbird. What's that? You know, <laughs> or whatever that stuff was. I never had it. Yeah, I never. Well, had the nice it. part is if you go to a fine wine shop, especially <clears throat> a fine wine shop that is also doing some sort of cellaring program or buyback program where they consign somebody's wines. A lot of collectors, uh, I think, do more collecting for long-term investment. Um, mm -hmm. They'll use off-site storage. Um, there's a conundrum going on in Bordeaux because it was always bought on futures, especially investors would buy mm -hmm. um, through the Un Premier, buy on futures. You would get the wine in two years, and then you couldn't drink oh it for 10 to 15 you're paying a premium. So there are younger people who believe, well, I'm not gonna buy this wine and go through the process of cellaring. I'm gonna let somebody else do that. Um, and then I'm gonna buy the wine when somebody consigns it to a fine wine shop and I can buy a 15 to 20 year old Bordeaux off the shelf with a price premium, but so what? I just- Bro, I'm gonna drink it right now. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna drink it today. Yeah, you know what um, I mean, today. Yeah. You know, I, I got to say, it's like, I'm kind of into today. You know, with, yeah. with all this stuff, it's just, I can't. And, and and again, this whole thing really started because I had been sitting, I got a nice bottle of wine, and I sat on it. I, I did it. I How did it. I actually, yeah. it lasted. There was nothing left in my little fridge but that yep. one bottle. And I was like, and I opened it, and it was lit. It was lit. I was like, man, Bordeaux, awesome. Like, I'm getting it. I see it. Holy moly. Like dry, rad, yeah. smooth, you know. It's uh, amazing. When you have a Bordeaux at its peak, um, I usually prefer all vintages because they're a little less modern and um, they become even earthier and more elegant and it, it's life changing. Same with the Burgundy, same with the Barolo, same with an old Brunello, um, any classic don't forget the whites of Burgundy, Chablis, and, um, you know, Chasson Montrachet, Polini Montrachet. With age, these wines are sublime. Mm. And once you have that experience, you're going to want to do that again and again and again. Um, that was the charm of a restaurant's fine wine book, is they would go through the process of cellaring these wines for you. Yeah. And you could come into a restaurant and, oh, look. There's a 25-year-old coat roti. We're going to have that tonight. We're going to pay the premium for it because they went through the process of celery. Right. I don't know if that's a long-term um, possibility for restaurants. Right. I don't know. I think restaurants are changing how they are doing their lists. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, uh, a thought going through some of the Bordeaux houses that mm. they are going to start cellaring their own wine and, cre- and they want to make the money, the premium that collectors are getting mm-hmm. on releasing a 20-year-old you know, third-growth mm-hmm. Bordeaux. They want to reap the benefits of how much money they're making from it. So they're going to just pull back some of the wine, cellar it, and start releasing it at 10, 15 years of age. So when you say um, the collectors, and I'm just going to try and connect some dots here, and hopefully, like, whoever's listening to this is an actual wine geek. Like, so if I have a bottle, like, I'll see some crazy French stuff. French, 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 Premier, Grand, blah, blah, on the label. Then you turn it around, and on the back, it'll use, a lot of times, it'll say something like Kermit Lynch. Is Kermit Lynch the collector? So he's the importer. So okay. you do have a lot of, you know, back early on, it was Curran Lynch, Bobby Ketcher, Robert Ketcher, uh, Peter Weingant had some really amazing, especially uh, Roan. Um, so those are the importers. Uh-huh. They are bringing the wines in. They're selling to the restaurants, or they're selling to the distributor, basically. And then the distributor goes out and puts it in the right places the right restaurants, the right retail shops. Mm-hmm. The collectors are the ones that come in and they just keep buying cases of, as soon as that wine comes in from Kermit Lynch, I want a case. And oh, then so that they're goes, buying it from the importer. They're buying it from the retail. Um, and oh. then that just goes into their seller. If, oh, they're just buying in bulk is the buy. Yeah. Like, and they leave it, right. you know, they'll leave the case sealed a lot of times. Um, Places like L.A., I, even here in Denver, because I had some wine storage when I first moved here. It's an off-site wine storage place. So it's basically an old warehouse, no windows, big cedar, you know, block brick, um, temperature controlled, humidity controlled, in a big case that locks everything up. You can get a small, you know, uh, 12 case locker, or you can get something that's a room where you have all your boxes that you have bought just stacked and you're saving them. Usually to drink and to sell. So a lot of collectors might do, uh, especially if they're six packs, you can do buy a six pack for yourself to drink over the next 15 years, buy a six pack for uh, reselling. Also, there is a, I don't know when this started, but birth year wines for people's children became a big deal and you and they wanted them to, rich white people i'm gonna say just throw that like, <laughs> <laughs> so you want to drink that bottle when your kid turns 21 there's not that many regions of the world where that wine is going to be good drinking at yeah, 21 right. years of oh, age. Right, right, right. Um, so you're sticking to the classics bordeaux burgundy barolo the problem and northern rhone don't forget northern rhone um how could the I? problem is there's not that much burgundy. Um, the producers are small. They usually have small – outside of the negotiants like we talked about with Jadot, <clears throat> those wines are gobbled up quickly. The mm. prices are not in that 50 to 100 range. They're in the 250 to 450 range, and they are gone on release. So a lot of people never – even professional wine people, including mm. songs, they barely ever get to try these wines. So you have to go to different regions. You have to go to different smaller producers, maybe outside of Cote de Bone itself, um, to find the wines that you could buy and sell or you could drink. 
All right, so and this all kind of relates back to what you brought up about balance, right? Because if you take the balance part seriously, mm-hmm. and you also get the idea that wait a minute, we can eat and drink a little bit better quality because right. we're not doing it that often. Mm-hmm. And you're getting so into this is interesting because, like, I think. And again, like bringing this all back, it literally was like, I looked at this blood work and it wasn't bad, but I was like, I, mean, I think I'm literally in a place where it's like, okay, I'm not drinking or eating really bad during the week. <laughs> then I get to the weekend and it's, you know, like, is it Game on. years is too much? Yeah, it's just like too much or whatever. <laughs> and it's hard to just like totally, <laughs> the ship isn't just going to go 180 like that. But it is interesting, like, the, the what what got me with this stuff is like okay I'll, I'll have an expensive bottle of wine for a special occasion because you know it's like okay if you can find a twenty dollar bottle of wine that's great and have two of them versus just one but I'm in a different spot where I'm kind of like yeah. I shouldn't be drinking that much anyways you know what I mean so if there's a way for me to literally and I'm throwing this out there one of the first expensive wines I ever had was like seventy bucks a bottle it was like the It was the entry-level Paul Hobbs cap. And what tripped me out about Paul Hobbs, and it's just literally like, if you Google this, if you look at his website, Ryan, you'll be like, darn, this guy is not cheap. You know what I mean? It's just one of those those players (laughs) in Napa Valley. And, like, if you bring in a bottle like that, Paul, H-O-B-B-S. And if you bring in, I feel like, a bottle like that, people, you know, like, some either some rich prick or definitely maybe a psalm or some person will at least a waiter will be like okay this guy didn't just get this at the liquor store right Right. now the crazy thing is i remember looking at his stuff and the 70 was like the entry level and then there was this one that was like not an aged wine but but just the next one up 255 and i'm just like i just and the thing is like it's marketing and it's a cool looking label but at the same time what is it and if I can try it and have just and, – and also it work into this whole thing of how do I, like, quote, drink less. Because I think there is something really fascinating, more so than any other beverage, that one glass of red wine that you drink slowly. Right. You know, yeah. like, it is – like, I, I'm going to buy that old doodad. You know what I mean? I'm probably going to end up spending like 600 bucks, but it'll open up a whole new experience yeah. of like having this just one. Because like, look, I mean, cards on the table, Greer. How many glasses are in one bottle of wine? Is it four or six? Four. I mean, <laughs> pour, I usually pour small. I pour, you know, like three to four ounces you know, more for the swirling, more just, you know, I want it sitting in the decanter. I'm going to relax and enjoy this bottle. So this um, going to be the next problem. When, you, yeah, when you're at a dinner party and you pull out this $70 bottle of Paul Hobbs and you pour glasses for everybody, you're almost going, usually, you're going to pour that whole bottle between all four glasses. So that is a six-ounce pour per glass. It's 24 ounces in a wine bottle. Um yeah. It's it's not a you know obscene um, glass size. Right. Four to six is the normal. Depends right. on what restaurant you go to um, and how they price structure their uh, by mm-hmm. the glass list. It's going to be anywhere between four and six. 
some of the old school, you know, um, I don't know, stay old school, like Taylor's where we're talking about. Yeah. I think they price it a little higher and they pour like an eight ounce glass. Like they want they pour good there. Yeah, they, they want that glass. Their Every customer food. wants that glass all I mean, the way. The, what do you mean you didn't pour it full? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not. You don't get to swirl. You don't get to. You don't want it that heavy. So with that doodad, and let's just let's yeah. get the expensive one, the three hundred dollar one, right? How long? And I open up. It, I think it's like Beckstoff Beckstoffer Road. That was the Paul Hobbs. It was like two fifty five, three hundred bucks. So three hundred dollar bottle of wine, right? Right. Do the math. That's like. 75 bucks a glass. Like, how long can I milk that <laughs> bottle for? Because you know what I mean? It's still 75. It's like this. That's a, so I think one pour coming out of the Corvin, unless you really hold it down, I think is just a two, one and a half to two ounce pour. So two ounces. If you're just pouring off a little two ounce pour mm. once in a while, once a week for, you know, the next 12 weeks, um, you could really you could milk three months, three months. That thing yes. could be technically open, and I could milk yeah. that bottle for three months. Yes. Now there's an issue. <laughs> um, some people are torn on this, especially Psalms. Once you get past a certain level, you're you're putting in more gas. Oh uh, right, 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 right. There is debate if the wine alters. You know, say you get down to a half bottle. a bottle. Does it change? Now that you are, you know, continuously are pouring off. Right. I know that's such a subjective viewpoint. It would be very difficult. You're going to go through a lot of gas as you go through that bottle. So you have to remember those Corvin mm. capsules are pretty expensive. It's not cheap. Um, so you have that expense. But you can supplement because that vacuum vent system, I think, is easily will give you an extra week um if you use it correctly you can that's also for one that's the cheap yeah, that ten dollar one you can throw it in the fridge here's the thing you're gonna see where that paul hobbs is mm -hmm. um use the corbin just to see where it is in its evolution oh i like it at this point right now this tastes really good okay we're gonna plan an evening around this bottle with the meal, mm -hmm. with whatever you decide, $170 Japanese Wagyu steaks or your Peter Luger steaks that just came in. I know, you saw that, right? Yeah, that. I saw that. Um, your, uh, you decan it and you enjoy it. But if you just have some other bottle that you want to drink over the course of a week or two weeks, yeah. the vacuum then works. I will even throw the bottle in the refrigerator. So say I opened a Pinot last night. I'm not going to have a glass of it again till next weekend. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to throw it in the fridge. It Think of it mm -hmm. as um, suspended animation. It's not really, it's already sealed again, but that cold temperature is really going to keep it from doing anything. Um, so you can, you can make the, that's not going to mess up a red wine sticking. No, no, just don't drink it out of the refrigerator, pull oh, it, out, no. it out overnight, get it back up to okay. temperature. And yeah, there's ways to the irony that my birthday is already passed and I could, but no, this, this, I, I, to bring it all back, I think, and I think there's something about, I mean, there's so many ways we can go with this and I don't know if we have to move into the next one, but I do think there's something to be said about there's a whole world out there and it's like oh god 
it's like, oh, it's super expensive wine, right? Mm -hmm. But this seems like an actual way to at least explore it a little bit. And I can tell you something, seriously, like with this whole COVID thing, how much we've saved by just yeah. not frequently going out. And right. the realization of how I can just go and like go to a place that seems innocent, right? And then you're like, oh, let me get this, let me get that. And all of a sudden you spend like a hundred bucks and you didn't really, you weren't that pumped about it. You know what I mean? Like, and it wasn't right. that it was bad. It's just, it adds up. And it's like, I just, after this crazy year, part of me is like, maybe there are things that aren't out of reach. It's like, it's like taking the big trip across the world. Of course it's expensive. Right. Of course it's a time commitment. But when are you ever going to do it? Sometimes you just kind of pony up and do it. And, you know, right. and I'm like, hey, everyone, we're eating lentils tonight for dinner because I got big plans. It's, it's funny. Year. I was just about to bring that up. There's a flip. There's the other side to this whole conversation is the eating better part. So we're we're drinking better. We're eating better. But eating better doesn't just mean higher quality ingredients of the same rich, fatty foods that we love to eat. Yeah. One of my favorite cookbooks is the French Culinary Institute Healthy Cooking book, and it's seasonal. It does three-course meals, but it was the first time I learned just how much extra calories I was putting in by all the oils that I was using, all the butter, all the extra fat that was yeah. going into a dish. You learn to cook lighter, but still flavorful and enjoyable. And then the idea and it kind of plays into the big news um, recently about uh, 11 Madison Park becoming an yep. all-vegetarian restaurant. Yeah. Learning how to cook Moosewood cookbooks are also some of my other favorite cookbooks. Moosewood's the vegetarian restaurant in Ithaca, New York. Mm. Their recipes are amazing. They also have fish recipes and stuff like that yeah, in yeah. there. Um, they have the Sunday Supper cookbook that includes, you know, we're going to try North African cuisine this Sunday and we're going to do mm. Greek this Sunday. Learning how to cook really well um, vegetarian dishes <laughs> is another way to just bring it all home. No, I, to admit, I mean, I'm really become enamored. That has it went from like like a nightmare from a disappoint, disappointing disappointment standpoint of like, oh, but because you just, I don't know, it's, it's kind of ingrained in you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I, I'm personally in a place where it's like, I think I peaked. Like, you know, I, straight up, like I got, and it was a wonderful present. I mean, just, just to see a box of, from Peter Luger's. I thought it was sauce. I was kind of like, <laughs> okay, maybe it's burgers. And of course, it's these amazing steaks. But I can also tell you, like, I've had my fair share of red meat, like, especially cooking it. Like, when pandemic hit last year for my birthday, I got two Wagyu steaks from two right. separate, like, Dope butchers. And I was like, see which one's better. By the way, dry aged all the way. And you know what's funny is like when you have it, I mean, look, I, I have been the guy who was like, give me, give me the Jim Brady cut. You know what I mean? <laughs> you say it, but it's just like the mechanical bull. You ain't gonna last long. You, know, you get full. Like it's just it's in your head or in my head, you know. I think anyone who literally like actually finishes the whole thing, it's just like, what are you doing to yourself? You know, like it doesn't feel good. Um, so yeah, balance. I'm gonna spend six hundred dollars and choke my Ali, <laughs> I think you just brought but up a, a, a good this. point though, which is it. like it's sort of you have a thought in your head, right? You're like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and then 
so it's it's really breaking free of those thoughts you have. You know, you you get enough uh, cheap wine poured for you as a kid that you think the glass has to be like you know eighty percent full to do a pour, and then you get two glasses of or you know what I mean. So it's like you have to know how to pour small. You have to know how to maybe yeah. not eat the whole plate, or you know, not be obsessed with the wasting food or whatever. It's 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 tough. You have to battle like all of your preconceived notions, basically. In in the case of the steaks, yeah. the idea of a steak tasting is way cooler yeah. than everybody getting a twenty four ounce yeah. yes. cowboy ribeye no, on their exactly. plate. You buy two or three, four different, you know, a grass fed, a wagyu, whatever, yeah. you know, and slice it up, and everybody gets to try a little bit of each one. Yeah, um, there's there's ways to elevate your experiences without crushing your body. Yeah. At the same time. Well, that's, I, you know, one of the things when I thought about all this stuff has been like, there's something that we push out definitely in food media where it like, it's excess, you know, because excess looks so appealing. And we've gone to this direction and there's such a ramification of it. And like, you know, it, it's just starting to really get to me. It's like, there's a way, like, I mean, I think it's amazing when I see I posted like the, the, this morning and last night it was these, this top late night taco stand and they're like just cooked in fat and it's awful. And that's amazing because I think it is important to like recognize that if you can do it from a health standpoint, it's important to use the whole animal, right? Like that's like ethical. You shouldn't like throw that stuff away and waste it. But at the same time, like you got to earn it, you know? And like, you can't just go, Mm, this is yummy. Let me have 19 of it. You know, like I think right. there's a responsibility and we're not telling the full story and we should be telling the full story. Like it, it gets me after a while, you know, like I think, and what's funny is like, you know, everyone goes after the likes, like say just on, in, from an Instagram standpoint, right. everyone goes after the likes, what's all the likes. And it's like, you know, let's just be real for a second. You know, I, I I've even like found in my own personal shift, of using social media, like I'll just, I, I don't even try too hard anymore. And I, I feel like sometimes like you're, it, there's like, we're not being who we really are. And you see like this stuff on social on Insta and it's just like, how many a hundred by hundred in and out? Like, really, really dude? Is that really all, what you're all about? You know what I mean? Tell me, give me the whole, well, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, so one, I'm going to make my last point. I, I feel like you're about to wrap us up, but one last point. The drink industry is just now starting to have that new approach to how they market and how they want the consumer to oh, interact with their brand. Responsible drinking, less drinking, raise the quality of what you're drinking and just have less. And the drinks industry is now really behind that philosophy. Um, and I don't think it's just, um, you know, uh, fluff that they're doing it. I think they do really believe that the consumer and uh, overall nice. responsible drinking is the way to go. The consumer wants it. I think the younger generation wants it. Um, it's not like, you know, the, the older generation. <laughs> not like yeah. us. Right. Well, you think yeah, even the, you know, the you know, Gen X hack was so romanticizing. Sure you, you show up to your friend's house with just a, a shitload of beers. It wasn't nice beers. Well, you didn't have a six pack of boutique yeah. beers. Like, hey guys, let's right. try one. Yeah. Like, no, 
We are having a lot of light yellow beer. Yeah. We were that, your, though. We were point. the 18-pack. You're right. You're like, Dude, you won't believe this. I right put in on. an extra six in this 12-pack. How'd you do it? <laughs> and that's funny. Ali opened up with the this conversation, and he threw out the you know the arms race IPAs that are 350 calories. Mm. You really can only have one of those. It's higher alcohol. It's pretty weighty. I I know we can drink more than that. Yeah. But that's an easy I way to elevate it. your drinking. You're not drinking the 18 pack anymore. You're having two or three of. These really nice craft-driven double IPAs. Yeah, no, it. I, I there is something. Um, I don't know. There, there's definitely. It, it's a complex thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, moderation and, and how that works. And uh, yeah, and we'll keep you know, addressing. I'm really glad we'll you keep, brought this we'll topic keep, up. This was a fun. We'll keep, was great. You know, when it comes up. Yeah. Telling you, man, it's like it's like I we're in the same boat. Make those inroads, like oh yeah, I keep it cool. Middle middle of the week, you know, <laughs> sober Tuesday. It's like and that's just you know, but it's so hard. I mean, we do live in this world where it's right. like, hey guys, I just did a cleanse. Cool. What'd you do after that? Same right. shit you did. Same <laughs> legendary cleanse in the first place. You know, like you know, and it. I and I also think too for a long time there's been so much stuff of like, you know, it's easy with like essentially like media to kind of easy to vilify things really yeah. makes it easy to do that. And it's like, is it really just this or that, you know? And, and I almost think like sometimes like it's not even like that nefarious, you know what I mean? I think it's just more a matter of like, you know, what do you enjoy and what else could you be enjoying? You know what I mean? And again, like it is like this whole, you know, moderation's tough. Hard to yeah. sell moderation. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of like, I'm okay, I'm done now. But it's such, there's such the art to it. And I do think there's something about, again, I will say this, that that's what I'm willing to invest $600 in next to be able to have that one really, really good glass of red wine. And then just, there, there, there's no other... I don't know. I don't think there's food or bad that, that I can just sit there and so slowly consume, you know what yeah. I mean? And really relax you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Too bad. Uh, you can't ship from California. Um, I'm sure there's a fine wine shop in Austin that will have some sort of seller collection, consignment collection, but in California, a lot of retailers will buy from all, you know, the people that they probably sold that case to 20 years before is now selling it back to them to put up on consignment or auction. Too bad that you can't get some retailers in California to ship to you because you would have a better chance of getting a nice collection of 15 and 20 year old wines that you could open up now. I don't think you can ship to uh, Texas. I think it's illegal. I mean, I want to wrap up for the day, but you you opened with the uh, the lean shirt. So what is that shirt? What is the shirt? What is the actual shirt? Oh, okay. Oh, this is a Mexico jersey. This is a Mexico jersey I got uh, in Mexico in 2009. I wish I could. Yeah, that's not really. That I, it's it's literally like it's a shirt that I could only wear when I'm like I'm 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 at my kind of quote really lean. Nice. Like I, I love it when it's loose. You know, that's the thing. 
I love it when it's loose. Um, yeah, 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 and it's really weird too. I have another one that I think I showed where it had my name on it on another episode. That thing's like amazing, and it's frankly nicer, better material. And what's really weird about that is it could be at my peak weight, and I'm like, <laughs> it actually looks still be a pretty fat good shirt on me. Too, right? So this like... one is like. Yeah, yeah, there's the fat one. But the thing is, the fat one looks good. It, it, it doesn't look loose. It never looks... Right. It, it, it just yeah. cut very well, well cool. which well, is a whole other thing. Well, let's wrap it up um, we ever get today, explosion? guys. That's thank all. you so much for episode five. And uh, Ali, yeah. thank you for wearing your green shirt today. This was great. And inspiring this uh, conversation. And we'll catch yeah. up on yeah. episode six coming next. Thanks, guys. Eat this nice. drink up. See you guys. Eat it, drink it, love it. <laughs>